Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. to hear, that's what I like to hear, for this is the day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you yesterday? Ah, yesterday was, wow, Wednesday, and uh, we got started with our girl Vivian and her socially conscious segment. And we started off talking about uh, Mayor Etta, Etta, Eric Adams wants to crack down on the landlords who lock out the tenants. Yep, illegally evict their tenants. Well, the landlords over in East New York, Brooklyn, have been going buck wild, yep, throwing people out, locking people out, and uh, they got some new laws that they're trying to implement over here in New York. Well, first of all, you cannot verbally evict anybody. Anything that you do must be accompanied by a written official eviction and wait they can't cut off your utilities and most importantly if your landlord gets out of control you can call 911 now to me that was the best piece of it all mhm because generally you call 911 and they tell you Oh, sorry, we can't do anything about it, or, you know, you got to go to court and things like that. But at least, you know, they can check to make sure that the proper paperwork, um, you know, is is in the possession of the landlord. So that's really, really a good thing. Well, we got this other issue of... uh, mm, uh, the mom who has...
has four children, pregnant with number five, who received a $50,000 bonus as a special education teacher. And they said that they gave her the check in error. And now they want their money back? Mm, Well, not only her, but nine other teachers are experiencing the same thing, anywhere from $15,000 to $50,000 because they did not qualify but somehow got this uh, check anyhow. Yeah, well, hopefully they won't be able to do anything crazy because get the money back would be doing something absolutely crazy. Yeah, you listen, take the loss. You take the loss or get the person who made the mistake, give it back. Because it, it's it's a little unfair to be asking people for something that they were told they qualify for. Now you're going to ask them for them for your money back. It's not your money anymore. No, no, no. So let's you know let's hope and pray that these people get what they deserve. All right, all righty. Well. We had our conversation from last week. Those sneaky idols continue, and uh, it was a really, really, really good conversation as we added wealth to this list. Yes, the idol wealth. You know, the Bible speaks of the rich man having a real hard time making it into the kingdom and you can really see why because a lot of people who are wealthy they have a really hard time controlling it not everybody not everybody but uh you know it's it's really interesting to really see how god looks at this you know so so here's the thing here's the thing you would like to think that okay well if they're wealthy God allowed them to become wealthy, right? So then why would it be hard for something that God allowed or made happen for it to become so difficult for people to control? Well, that's because people are people. And, you know, just because God allows it doesn't mean that uh, mm, it's his sovereign will. No. And, you know, unfortunately, people just lose their mind when it comes to money. It's very easy to see how people who have a lot of money definitely lose sight of God. Mm-hmm. Well, what about health? Yeah. You know, you ever seen those people who, I mean, health is everything. And it's very important that we do make sure you know, that we are healthy and we're taking care of ourselves in the proper manner because, you know, hey, this is the temple of the Lord. It doesn't belong to us at all. But mm, as always, no matter what it is, you're going to have people who go overboard. I don't care what it is, how small it might be to you and a million other people, there were always going to be people who go overboard, and there were some people who, 
you know, it's all about their health, and nothing else matters more than their health. And, you know, it's like, well, what's wrong with that? Well, nothing's wrong with it as long as you don't put the Lord second, third, or ninth to your health. Oh, but I like this one. Your intellect. Ooh, your intellect becoming an idol. Very, very, very interesting one. At least for me. Because that's not something I, I would have even thought about. You know? Well, you know, sometimes people are too small for their own good. Yeah. You think you can outsmart God. You think you can, you know, strategize better. That your brain is uh, so much more than what God says it is. And the importance of your intellect is definitely more important than God. If that's what you are going through, then definitely it is an idol. All right? All right. Well, listen, that's just some of what we talked about yesterday. And uh, you can always go back and listen, which I encourage you to do, you know? Don't be too small for your own good. Go back and listen. There's always something that you can learn, always something that you will learn when you listen to his due time with Pastor Steph. Ah, it's just the ministry is real. You're going to learn something. You're going to learn something, something, something. All right? So go back and listen. Go back and listen. Wow. Let's see what happens. 
go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And uh, whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. A new report from the CDC reveals a disturbing statistic. Statistic: The study says that one in 14 women smoke while pregnant. The findings reveal more than 7% of all expectant mothers smoke despite the known risks to both mother and child. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, any amount of smoking during pregnancy is too much. It puts a baby at risk for birth defects and can cause a baby to be born too early or have low birth weight. It can also raise the risk of stillbirth or sudden infant death syndrome. Well, today... financial, whatever health we talking about. It's health day. And uh, I hope you are doing well this morning and giving God thanks that I can share this morning with you. We are on this side of the grave, so there's a whole lot to be grateful for. Yeah. So... What are we getting into this morning? Hmm. I got a few health things to talk about. Well, one of the things, how you or someone can survive a heart attack alone. Yep. Not all heart attacks end in death. Thank God. And there are some tips as to how we can get through this if there is no one else around, you know. Uh, if you can call 911 and get yourself some help, you know, that would be great. We went over the heart attack and the... What is that? Stroke signs last week. It was really, really, really. As a matter of fact, I think it was last week, Thursday. And there was a lot of information given on that. So if you missed that one, you definitely want to jump on that particular uh, episode last week, Thursday. Because it was really, really, really 
um, vital that we all heard those points of each of those conditions. Okay? Well, they're saying that if you are experiencing a heart attack, uh, make sure you get to that 911 and, you know, Listen, call anyway, even if you don't think you can talk. You know, how many times have we seen, you know, 911 respond and you haven't even, you know, the person hasn't even said a word. Just get there. If you can do it, then that's the first thing that you need to do is dial 911, okay? If you can't get to the phone, make sure you do that. They say... Get that aspirin if you have one. Open up your front door and lie down near the door while you wait for 911. Now, that's all, you know, considering if, you know, you can get to the the phone, the aspirin, and the door. So we're going to pray that that's the situation, Okay. Well, I got some other pieces of information for you. They say timing is the key. So, you know, if you have a heart condition, you want to make sure you keep aspirin around. You know, it's different if you don't know you have a heart condition, but if you do, make sure you keep that around. Make sure you, you know, always keep your phone near you because you never know, especially if you live alone. Or if you are alone a lot, you don't necessarily have to live alone, but if most of the people in your home are gone most of the time and you are alone, you want to make sure that, you know, you keep these things near you. You know, if you walk around with uh, pockets, you can always keep your phone in your pocket, keep that aspirin in your pocket. They say around Every 40 seconds, a person in the U.S. has a heart attack. So, you know, it's pretty common. And you or anyone else can survive this heart attack, okay? So, again, we're going to go over some common signs of the heart attack include chest pain, shortness of breath, back shoulder, arm, jaw, and neck pain, okay? They say females may experience different symptoms from males, okay, such as nausea, okay? So everything is not exactly the same, okay? All right, well... They say take that aspirin because it can reduce the amount of damage that the heart sustains during that heart attack by preventing blood clots. You know, remember now the aspirin thins out your blood and it allows the blood to flow a lot easier, okay? Most times if you have a heart condition, or if you're older, they put you on a regimen of an aspirin a day anyway. So, you know, if you're already on the aspirin, that might already be helping you. They say 
Now, aspirins can have side effects, including bleeding in the stomach. Okay? So, you know, be careful when you are on a regimen of an aspirin a day. You know, follow your your body. Watch your body because if there is bleeding of the stomach or any other side effect, it'll show up. I promise you, it'll definitely show up. They say if you're having a heart attack, stay calm. Stay calm and make sure you get to that phone and you stay calm. You know, most times when people panic, you always do something that you have no business doing. So stay calm. They say take slow, deep breaths and relax as much as possible they say avoid coughing if you can yeah because coughing puts pressure on the heart and if you develop a cough and you have a heart condition you definitely want to get to the doctor because that is one sign that you do have a heart condition yes I know someone who could not get rid of a cough, and there was nothing wrong. There was no cold, no cold symptoms, and they went to the doctor, and that was definitely a sign that they had a heart condition. So, you know, watch for that nasty cough that you just can't seem to get rid of, all right? All of these things are so important to know. Okay? So, let's make sure you do whatever you hear us talk about because this is stuff that, you know, they have found out through studies. And uh, this may save your life. Okay? All righty. Let's talk about preventing a heart attack. They say one of the things you can do is make sure you have a balanced diet. Make sure you eat plenty of fruit and vegetables. Stay away from those fried foods. You know, try to cut down on that heart disease that most times results in a heart attack. Yes, you can prevent this stuff from happening. Ah, exercise. They say, make sure you get that exercise in. You should have in between 75 and 150 minutes per week. Okay? And that will lower the risk of heart events. Mm. Maintain a moderate Body weight, okay? Remember, if we're eating properly, if we're exercising, oh, we will slow down that weight gain. Now, that's proven. That's proven. Just keep moving. It doesn't say that you have to do any particular um, exercise, but just keep moving. All righty? All righty. No smoking. No smoking. They say that is definitely a risk 
factor for heart disease. Okay? Ah, they say get enough sleep. Sleep is key. Your body resting is key. Okay? They say manage those stress levels. Okay? Keep that stress down. And listen, by the time we are of a certain age, you should really know your stress factors. Yeah. You you can't tell me you're an adult and you can't figure out what's got you stressed. And I don't care what it is, whether it's work, whether it's crazy bills, whether it's family, whether it's your spouse. It, it, listen, by the time you're an adult, you should definitely be able to identify what is stressing you out. No excuse. No excuse and no excuse. All right? Make sure you treat your health conditions. In other words, go to the doctor and, you know, follow doctor's advice. If you know you have illnesses, definitely take your medicine. I just got finished talking to someone yesterday, and the person is really ill. Now, I mean really ill, very ill, has been experiencing a lot of health problems recently, and they said to me, hey, you know, I was being told what to do before I got sick, and had I listened, and at this point, they are, I mean, just experiencing all kinds of health issues, and they said, I really wish I had listened because had I, this is what they said. Now, this was not prompted or anything, but they were just talking and they said, I was told before I got sick what to do. And had I listened back then, I probably would not be where I am now. I was told to address my health issues and I did it. Maybe had I listened now, had I listened, I may not be going through these health issues now. So, listen, it's really important. It's really, really important that we take care of our bodies. Especially, you know, I had no idea when we started It's Due Time that God would even give me you know, health issues, health conversations, health tips. And it became, it became a big part of our week. And a lot of people really talk about these health tips and they're grateful that we have these health tips. And like I said, I had no idea that we would walk into it or it would become as, you know, important or vital as it is. And because we've gotten some, I mean, some gems over the years when it comes to health tips. And all of this is for free. We have to pay for this. All of this stuff here is God's way of helping expand our life. Just take the health tips. It's silly 
to get these health tips and not follow them. It's really silly to get this stuff and just ignore them. You can go back to any Monday or Thursday and get health tips. And we've been doing this for three and a half years. Yep. So, you know, to hear a person say, you know, had I listened, I should have listened. I should have listened to the advice. I should have listened to the warning signs. I should have listened to the warnings. And I would have not been here. And that's a lot to say now. So take someone else's lesson and let it be your lesson. All of this is for free. That's that's the part that's like really killing me. We don't pay for it. Your bill is paid already. Your, your internet is paid for. Your phone bill is paid for. And now God is giving you these tidbits. And... You know, remember now, we're talking about your emotional health. We're talking about your spiritual health. We're talking about your physical health. We're talking about your mental health. All of that for free. We do the health, the the hair care. We've gotten all kinds. We've done uh, Dr. Pierre Gordon. You know, we've gotten all of this information that God has handed us on a silver platter. All of every day we're filled with spiritual guidance. And I I really, I have to be honest with you all. Knowing what I've done, just me, just what's come out of my mouth. We're not going to talk about anything additional that comes out of the do Tom Cruise mouth. I have no patience for people who are going down the rabbit hole. I just don't. I'm going to be honest has nothing to do with my understanding, has nothing to do with my patience, but I'm looking at what God is giving us for free. And people who don't want to get out of their own way, why? And again, I'm not talking to the non-believer. I'm talking to those of us who believe. Every story we talk about here, every news story, is a lesson. You know, many times we say, thank God it's not us. Only by the grace of God, we're not the ones in the news with, you know, we've shot a person. Because trust me when I tell you, we didn't all been to that point where we want to shoot a person. If we had a gun, it just might have been us. All right? So let's take this arsenal that God has given us and let's use it. Let's use it to the fullest. Okay? All righty. And here's the best part. Here's the best part before I move on into our news. Not only is it free, but it's accessible 24 hours a day. So even if we missed something or we weren't sure we could get Um, We got everything. We can always go back and listen. Yeah. Always go back and listen. Alrighty. So, come on. Let's get, you know, get that blessing. Let's 
get that blessing and run with it. All right? All righty. Well, we're going to start our news off with something that's in between a health tip, safety tip, and a story. So we've got this 14-year-old young lady who does on a regular what millions of women and girls do all the time, and that is take off her nails. Take off her nails. What about nail polish? That's what I want to say. Take off the nail polish. And she, again, she says she's done this a million times. She was getting ready to go to her school's basketball game. She's a cheerleader. And her fingernail polish didn't match her uniform, and that's a strict rule. So she was taking off the fingernail polish, and she said she had a candle burning on the table close to where she was taking off the fingernail polish. So in her words, she says, as I was setting the bottle of nail polish remover down on my bed, the fumes mixed with the fumes from the candle and the bottle exploded in her hands. She said, and it caught me and everything near me on fire. Yes. So she said that she started screaming, and her bed, her clothes, her arms, her hands, and her hair caught on fire. Mm. Oh, my goodness gracious. So she said they, her siblings, her parents were home, and her siblings ended up bursting in the room from her screams, and they were able to put out the fire on her body as well as, you know, on the bed. Thank God it wasn't that out of control. And she was uh, taken to the emergency room. She said she was in a lot of pain, a lot of pain. And she said her body was covered in bubbles and welts. Part of her skin had melted away. Woo! All of this in in minutes. All of this in minutes. This was not something that took a long time to happen. She had to get all kinds of surgeries and grafting um, uh, procedures. And let me tell you something. Grafts. Very painful, very painful. And when you go through burns on your body, um, it's it's a big concern, and I'm sure you've heard it. You know, you've seen it on TV, on the news, um, infection. They are really, really, really um, concerned about infection. So they say she ended up having full thickness injuries on her abdomen, both her thighs and her right arm and some of the other areas 
Um, but thank God they were able to heal. But she's got some pretty extensive injuries. And she said, and most of that is on the front part of her body. And uh, thank God she made it. But, you know, they're cautioning us to make sure that we are not keeping flammables around um, candles and open flames. And flammables are things such as that nail polish remover, um, what do you call it, Um, hand sanitizer, alcohol, things of that nature. And remember, it's things that contain flammables, like alcohol. You know, it may not be alcohol itself, but does it contain flammable ingredients? And how many times have you gone to take off your nail polish? And maybe you, you know, were doing the same thing. You know, you had you want that fragrance in your room or in the vicinity. Yeah, you got to be really careful. All right? So that kind of sits in between our health tip as well as uh, a piece of news for today. What else are we talking about? Yo, people are straight trifling. So you've got this California man who has a twin brother. And he has been charged with rapes. Yeah, he is straight out of control. So he had some sexual assault charges against him. I'm trying to look at part of the article that talks about exactly what he did. So, they say that back in 1995, he raped a nine-year-old girl at knife point as she walked home. And they say in 1998, he jumped out of some bushes and attacked and raped the 32-year-old woman as she was jogging. They say that he has been charged with molestation of a victim. He's been charged with a 12-year-old um sexual assault of a former of a daughter of a former girlfriend so he is loaded up okay well he was trying to pin the uh allegations on the brother on the twin brother and at one point they had arrested the twin brother But when I guess he convinced them that he didn't know anything about it, so what they allowed him to do was get into a phone conversation with the brother because when they checked for DNA, the DNA matched because 
they were their identical twins. So they allowed him to get on this phone conversation, and he, the one who was guilty, incriminated himself by talking about the crimes. And you could hear that the brother, the twin brother, had no clue that these um, things had taken place. He had no idea that his twin brother had committed these sexual assaults. And that's how he was exonerated. But thank God somebody wanted to listen to him because who knows? Remember that he's already been arrested. Now you try. They're telling you we got DNA. And, you know, who's to say that both of them couldn't have done it? But thank God somebody did listen and at least gave him the benefit of the doubt and allowed him to make the phone call. And they could tell by the the guilty one's conversation. He he was the one who kind of gave it up and told it in his um in his conversation that you know he didn't do it and um they said that he was really he really had no idea that his brother was out here committing these crimes. Can you imagine that? Wow, your brother or your sister is a criminal. And you have no idea. Well, they have another story. When I tell you trifling, we will call this trifling Thursday. So they have this story of this guy out in Philadelphia who, I mean, he has has lost his mind. So you've got this 32-year-old Justin Mourne who's been charged with first-degree murder and abusing a corpse. So he killed his father and decapitated him and went on YouTube and had a 14-minute-long presentation. So they said in this YouTube video... It shows him picking up the head of, and identifying his father by name. And it said it looked like he was reading from some kind of a script and encouraged violence against government officials and called his father a traitor of the country. Now, his father was a federal employee um, and an engineer with the U.S. Army. And uh, he was, you know, really uh, a cherished and treasured um, employee. And they said that this um, the mother got home one day and found the body. And when the cops got there, they found the body, a machete, a, bl- uh, a bloody rubber glove, And she told the cops, the mother and the wife told the cops that her husband's car and the son were missing. And uh, when they did the research and they, uh, they searched for him, they did end up finding him. They say that the video wasn't live streamed. 
and it had been out there for about five hours before they took it down. Oh, my goodness gracious. So they've arrested him and charged him, and uh, who knows, who knows. They Here's the one thing that I am so glad, that they are not charging him with any level of mental illness. Yep, ain't nobody mentioned nothing about no mental illness in this article because he has been buck wild for a while. They say back in 17, he harassed um, some fellow employees at his job. They say also he harassed some employees at the credit union where he also worked. He threatened to sue them for $10 million unless they agreed to a $2 million settlement. He also alleged um, to make false statements about them and, I mean, just really drove them crazy at this job. They say that three employees ended up seeking order of protections, but dropped, listen to this, this is how much of a menace he was. So three employees, they say, sought protection orders against him, but dropped the case under a settlement where if because he promised not to contact them, they paid him $10,000. You know that ain't no black people. You know that ain't no black people. They are not paying nobody no $10,000 at all. Not, not combined, not by themselves, no. Yes, they say he has been driving them crazy. He drove them crazy at the job. Well, this just been going on because they even had um, some other co-workers back in 2016 who had problems with him. So he's been a menace for quite some time. In 2018, he sued Progressive Insurance, alleging that they discriminated against him and they, they drove them crazy. He worked for Progressive from uh, in 16 and 17 and ended up suing them after he lost his employment. So he's just been a mess for quite a while and now ended up killing his father, cutting off his head, and making a YouTube video. You know, when you go back into these people's history, oh, yeah, they've been showing that they've had some issues for a while, a while, a while, a while. Mm-mm-mm. I want to pull up one more story, and this one is, again, tri- this is Trifling Thursday, Trifling Thursday, we're going to call it. 
because this last story I'm going to do that I want to do Tom Crew to talk about. So I'm thinking this is out in China. Yes. So you have this Chinese couple who have lost their well, they they lost their mind. So they got together, and they're pretty young too. Trying to see their ages, they weren't old at all. Pretty young, they're pretty young. They got married. He had two children already, and between the two of them, they decided that they were going to throw the kids out the window. Now the babies are two and one years old. Why? Because she wanted a family of her own, and she convinced that convinced him that the two babies were an obstacle to them having a family on their own, and helped him stage the deaths and this quote unquote accidental fall. So, oh, no, they weren't even married. Nope, they weren't married. That was his girlfriend. Mm. Wow. No, they weren't even married. That makes it even worse. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Well, they he when he got children, he had shared custody with the mother. It was his turn to have the children. The mother knew absolutely nothing about this here. And, you know, when she found out, when they told her what had happened with the children, they said she was, like, in complete disbelief. They tried to make it look like the children um, fell by mistake. But you're only two and one years old. How could that possibly be? A mistake. Well, they are no longer living as they faced the death penalty. Yep. So they believe that they um, died by lethal injection. But whatever it is, they were sentenced to death on uh, uh, last week, and they are gone, 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 gone. Yeah, just amazing, amazing. So we got all of these dysfunctional family stories. And uh, let's see what our due time crew thinks about these particular uh, stories because these are a bit much. Let's talk to Pastor KL. I don't know which story he came in on. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? I am well, thank you. How are you? Oh, man, I'm just peachy, just peachy. <laughs> All right, we got trifling Thursday, we're going to call this here. Uh, you've got the first story of the brother, who, the twins, who... Uh, one of the brothers, uh, 
committed all of these sexual acts, and they ended up listening to him and believing that him and his brother committed these acts. And they have the, when they check the DNA because they're identical twins. They uh, the DNA matched, so unfortunately, he couldn't get out of it that way. So he convinced someone to allow him to make a phone call to the brother, and in speaking with the brother and overhearing the con- you know while they were listening to the conversation, they realized that he was trying to set the brother up to go down with him but that the brother actually did not know that, you know, all of this had taken place. And, again, between the years of 1995 and 1998, he committed several heinous uh, sexual assaults. And uh, what do you think about this? We're calling this trifling Tuesday, uh, Thursday. Because these people here, it's all family stories today of people who are going buck wild. What do you think about that story? Well, okay, so most people don't know, but Pastor Carroll is a twin. And I have an identical twin. And I, I could just sit here. <laughs> I couldn't fathom my brother trying to catch me in this. That, I mean, I think that is horrible. Um, that is terrible. You know, and... Even if I didn't go down, you would have to lock my brother up, or, or, or otherwise I'd have killed him. But you were trying <laughs> to put me into this type of nonsense. So either he's gonna do life, or he's gonna lose life. It's gonna be one or the other, but life is gonna be involved. Mm, you know, it, it. Everybody always thinks that you know twins are like inseparable and they're real tight. You know, but this sure shows that. That's not always true. Wow, 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 wow! I guess I, I guess he wanted to, he wanted to go to jail with the buddy system. So who's the best yeah. to go to jail with? Is my twin, my brother. Yeah. <laughs> am I not yeah. my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. Yeah, this <laughs> this here, like you said, you know, to to even you know implicate someone else in your murders. Or your uh, right. sexual assaults, that's pretty trifling, knowing that your brother had nothing to do with it. And um, now, 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 now this is what I would say. I, I, I mean, that that is horrible. But, you know, I will say that, that having a twin is a benefit sometimes. I mean, but this right here, this is crazy. I remember in high school, I, I used to be horrible in science. My brother was horrible in math. We took each other's classes, and no one knew we were twins until the senior year. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Not the teachers nor the the kids, I'm sorry. No one, because... The teachers had to have known. No, the teachers didn't know because we, we didn't have, you know, how they have a Kale and Kevin. And they, we didn't have that. Our names were totally different. So oh. you, you were not you know what I mean? To be the same person, unless unless a teacher had had both of us at different times. You know what I mean? And none oh, of our teachers okay. ha- had us at different times in high school. Okay, okay, okay. Wow, well, that must have been an interesting uh, dynamic. Mm, okay, it was, okay. It was beautiful. We never 
We never fail. Oh my goodness gracious Well we're continuing With trifling Thursday Where this guy Is accused of Killing his father Cutting off his head And showing it In his YouTube video And uh, Called his father A traitor to the country And uh that's how he treated his dad. Mm. I, I I just don't understand. I mean, this has to be on the other side of the fence. So I don't understand what, what what's the <laughs> fascination with cutting parts off, cutting heads off. I, I just don't understand that. And then parading <laughs> around with it in your head as if it's one of those Medusa uh, movies. You know, when they had to cut off Medusa's mm-hmm. head as if they were right. showing it. I just don't understand yeah. what's the fascination but cutting off heads and using stuff for trophies. You know, just just say, I killed my father. I don't need to see that. I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine, you know, doing this either. Remember a few weeks ago we, we talked about um, a story where the, the brother, 19, killed the sister. Right. Left her on the, sh- you know, the the highway and was walking up the street with a head in his hand. With the head, with the head. I don't understand yes. that. Yes, I, I don't get it either. This is a lantern. This is a lantern <laughs> giving you light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get it either. I'm not, you know. I, well, listen, you know, to to shoot to kill your family. Or to kill anyone, you gotta, you know, there's gotta be something in your head anyway. But this is to a different extreme where I'm, I'm gonna be walking around with the head. But hey, wait, here's the thing that they did not say. They just said that the mother came home and found the father's body. Well, can you imagine her finding the father's body with no head? With no and head. Then, oh, yes, my. and she was the one who told the um the police that not only was the car missing but the son was missing so in her head she had to be making some kind of a connection you know what i'm saying mhm mhm oh mm-hmm. goodness or did they kidnap did they kidnap my son you know but if but you know how crazy your son is right 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 <laughs> because i gave the stories of how he's been a menace from right. you know almost 10 years ago, driving everybody crazy. So, you know, if he was driving the co-workers crazy, he's been driving the parents crazy. Right, 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 right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. Well, the last story we talked about was the, the, the Chinese couple who were dating and they wanted a family of their own and in order to have a family of their own, they felt that they had to kill the babies he already had. So the two-year-old and the one-year-old baby were thrown out of the window. So you could have a family of your own. Oh, Pastor K.L. Yeah, this, I mean, this right here is crazy, you know, personified. I, I Listen, I, I got a whole lot of children, and sometimes I wanted to throw them out the window. But it wasn't to make another child. 
that that just <laughs> was not it. You know what I mean? That that was not it. You know, and okay, so so you wanted to have all this plan, then then give the children to their mama. Or or why right. can't you love these children as as, right. as your own? The child was only one years old. It wasn't like, yep. you know, we're 14 and 15 and you ain't my mama child. It wasn't that child. You know, mm-hmm. the child wasn't right. even talking back to you. You know, right. you could have molded this right. child in the way that you wanted him to be. So to throw a child out the window so we can start all over? No, because listen, anybody who has that kind of deviant mind, I don't want to have no babies with you. Right, right, right. 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 That ain't no ancient right. Chinese secret. <laughs> yeah, this is this this is really trifling Thursday because these these people have lost their ever loving mind. Ah, well, let's talk to our girl Shantice and see what she has to say about all of this madness. Thank you for joining us this morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm okay, thanks. I'm okay. Whew, we got trifling Thursday. So you got the twin who was out here raping people, young young people at that, and uh, tried to pull his brother down. What are we talking about here? The sibling rivalry? I say thank God that despite me being twins, even identical twins, DNA is still different because <laughs> that would have been a whole mess. He's committing the crimes, and now he's trying to pin it on you. And if everything was identical, how would they really be able to tell that it wasn't you? No, it, that was and the problem. The, no, no, no. The, I, the DNA is identical. That's what they said here. Uh, that was the problem. Uh, they say identical twins share the same DNA. So, unfortunately, uh, they could not tell the difference when the brother who was guilty pulled in the brother who was innocent. It wasn't until he convinced somebody to listen to him and get him a conversation with the with the guilty brother. Wow. Wow. Well, thank God for that one breaking down and probably talking and saying something he wasn't supposed to say. Yeah. Exactly. I thought it was it was still different. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah. Extremely, extremely trifling that you're you're not even bold enough. So if you're bold enough to do all of this raping and this that, and why are you not bold enough to own up to it? Absolutely. Why? That, that, that always amazes me with a lot of people who commit crimes. It's like they're so bold to do it, but now I don't want to get caught. And not mm-hmm. I don't want to get caught because I want to still be able to be out here doing it, but because I'm really afraid of going to jail or I'm really afraid of getting killed. Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Well, Pastor KL and Shantice, let me give you this part. Well, you know the twin brother who was innocent definitely did not want a part of this. They ended up sentencing the guilty brother to 140 years to life. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, not he sentenced to 140 years. He was sentenced to 140 years to life for the attacks. So you know good and well what right, right. <laughs> when I saw that part, I was like, yo, y'all really ain't intended for him to come out of jail ever. Because y'all said, just in case you live to be 140 years farther than now. He's already 58. They're 58 years old. So you know mm. they, 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 this this judge was sending a message. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, I wanted to throw that in um, for the two of you. All hey, what right. side of the fence were they on? The other. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The other, the other we, side of the field. We got, we got three hundred years. <laughs> to life. To <laughs> life. Yes, absolutely. All right, Shanties, you've got the other gentleman, if you want to call him that, who is uh, in jail now for cutting, for for killing his father cutting off his head and making a YouTube video. And they say the YouTube video was 14 minutes long before and had been up for five hours before they ended up catching it and taking it down. He's been a menace for almost a decade, driving everybody crazy. And uh, now this was his final act. People are sick. So instead of me just going to my father and saying, I don't like this, I don't agree with that, or whatever, like, it, it has just surpassed the, the the kids who just blatantly disrespect their parents now, as far as verbally. Now it's like, I'm going to really show you how I feel about you, Mom. I'm really show you how I feel about you, Dad. So how was he supposed to sit with how you feel if you did. So let's just say you were right with your feelings. You you were right with your feelings, how you feel about what he did, who he works for, whatever. What does it matter if he's dead? He was a traitor. He accused him of being a traitor to the country. So off with his head, I suppose. So now we, we, we do that on our own? Uh huh. All righty. Cut it off with the machete the mama found. All righty. Mm. What about the Chinese man and his woman who wanted to start a new family so they got rid of the babies? Demonic 900.0. What is the point of getting rid of, and you know, it, it, I mean, it still wouldn't have made sense, but you ain't say, let's get rid of the teenagers. Let's get rid of what we want right now. We want babies. Weren't those babies? So what you going to do with the babies, the other babies when they come? Yeah. What What was the point in, in that? What, what, I don't understand of the making room concept. They already, you already have children. 
So if these were biologically his children and now you get married, now they're both of your children. So now you want to have a baby. So what are you going to do with this new baby that comes? Because there's no way you can convince anyone in yourself that you're going to be playing loving and gentle and kind when you just see all the babies out the window. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this is, you know, I just kept trying to think of the rash, the mentality as well. And I was like, okay, so if you had a man who came to you and said, okay, baby, let's get rid of the babies and we could start a family of their own. That's a man you want to marry? And if it was vice versa and the woman was the one who said, all right, baby, you know, I love you, but I don't. I want a family of our own. I, can we get rid of these kids? Is that the woman that I want? So I, I don't know. Either way, boy, mm-hmm. that would have been some kind of match. Um, mm-hmm. And it now, took a huge risk with suggesting right. that. Right. Like, what kind of conversation have y'all ever had when you thought it was safe enough to suggest that and I wouldn't even kill you myself? <laughs> Before you even yes. before you even finish asking that or call the cops on you, like what kind of first date questions conversations did y'all have where you felt comfortable enough to even make this suggestion and out loud? Yeah, I agree with you. That's what I say. Either way, whoever started that conversation, now they're saying that she was the one that convinced him to do this. So then that gives inference to the fact that he was the one who came up with it, but she kind of pushed it. It, it, Either way, it's scary. Either way, it's very, very scary, I tell you. Do you think they should have gotten the death penalty, Shantice? No, because, again, what can you sit and, and live with? If you're dead, they should have gotten the 300 years to life type of sentence and let them sit and really think about how this made sense even when it was said out loud. This still made sense to y'all. Y'all actually carried this out. These babies are not here, and you really thought that you were going to have an opportunity to have new babies and live happily ever after. Yeah. Pastor KL, they were sentenced to death in 2021, but it was held off because they both appealed. And after going through the appeal, they lost. So the death sentence was upheld, and they were just uh, killed this week. Should they have gotten the death penalty? Yeah, I think they should have gotten death penalty. However, I think it should have been like, you know, two days before they was 100. You know what I mean? When they would be all old and decrepit anyway. You know, when you're about to die anyway, you know, it's, it's almost like you at the bridge. Well, let me just push you over. You know, but, but you know, you should, have, you should enjoy the scenery for a little while. You know, deal with Bubba and, and Bertha for, for a little while. And then once you can't take it no more, then, okay, well, let's go ahead and fry some chicken. Mm. Wow. Oh, you two are funny. You two are funny. 
All right. Well, thank you for indulging me on our first set of news stories. Well, we got a topic today. A few weeks ago, we talked about Jessica Alba and her 11-year-old daughter and, you know, her allowing her to express herself, you know, at the therapy um, sessions and, um, you know, so she can, you know, tell everybody and the therapist, rather, exactly how she felt. Well, we've got a new one today. So you've got a teacher. (laughs) You've got a teacher. A daycare teacher who allows her little student when she has um, an outburst, she cusses. So little Tina has outbursts where she cusses. And she had done it so often in front of the children that the daycare teacher decided that when she was angry and ready to cuss, that she would let her go in the bathroom and cuss. That was the agreement, that she could go in the bathroom and say anything she wanted to say. As long as she agreed not to cuss in front of the other children. So, they have her on video. They took this video, this TikTok video, and she said, since we've had some issues with cussing, we're only going to cuss in the bathroom. And that's what she told the little girl. Now, I'm going to say to you again, this is in daycare. And she says that the mother approved the secret bathroom cussing sessions so that little Tina could get it out of her system. So they call her the adorable little scholar, and she was dressed in pink, (laughs) her little pink shirt, and I don't, I'm not finding here what exactly ended up making her angry and upset. But when she got to that point, the teacher took her in the bathroom. And when she got in the bathroom, MF, you such and such a B, MF, what are you saying, like, MF? I don't know what you're saying, B. And that's the kind of conversation she was having in the bathroom. So when she seemed like she calmed down, the teacher asked her, are you finished? And she said, no. And she went back to cussing. And this time, she lowered her voice and started to cuss. So they left her in the bathroom. She was still in the bathroom. And she's 
cussing and saying, stop saying B. The, you can only say B in the bathroom. This is what she's telling herself in the mirror. And she kept going. So the next time the teacher asked, was she done? She said, yeah. She opened the bathroom door, and she went outside of the bathroom. So the teacher asked her, did you get it out of your system? And uh, she shook her head, yes. And uh, this is what they do when she's upset. So I'm going to ask you two, what do you think? And then I'm going to read to you some of the responses. And I want to see if you say some of the responses that you have some of the responses that some of the people who watched the video had to say. Uh, who am I going to first? Let's take Shanti's first. I like to hear what you have to say first, Shanti's. So I'm <laughs> I'm working with these little people who I know is going to automatically take me there. Like when I get up in the morning, I know I'm gonna be cussing. Right? So I still go to work. I still choose this as a career. I still go to work. And I let the babies know that this is what's gonna happen. Correct? On the side of the stage. So who's the cussing the according, the according to you? Wait, was the teacher cursing or the kids were cursing? The baby was cursing. Goodness gracious. Okay. This is why I want to make sure because I was like, wait. I thought she said the, the adult was cursing. Okay. But the, the come, on, baby come on, brother Al. From, come on, brother Al. <laughs> the baby <laughs> got it from from the adults, though, right? How would I know? They don't tell that in the story. <laughs> okay. Well, were you listening? I was, but somehow I got it twisted. I'm sorry. You know, so listen. So let me just give you this piece again. Let me give you this piece again. Okay. Whenever little Tina, little Tina, mm-hmm. in the daycare, whenever she gets upset, she starts ranting, raving, and cussing. And she was doing it in the classroom. So as not to infect and affect the children, she made an agreement, the teacher, the daycare teacher, made an agreement with little Tina that if you are going to curse, I'll let you have your outburst, but you got to hold it until you go in the bathroom. And when you go in the bathroom, you can say whatever it is you want to say. As long as you agree to not say it on the classroom floor. So she took her in the bathroom to get it off her chest. And when she closed the bathroom door, that's they videotaped her. And that's what she said. All those things that I said is what came out of little Tina's mouth. So now what are you teaching little Tina by allowing little Tina to go and do that? She's not an adult. So you're thinking you're doing something by bargaining with a child to go and do this in a secluded area. 
it's but so long that's going to stay secluded because she's there hasn't been you haven't lived to learn any type of balance <laughs> what do you know so there's been no teaching of well you shouldn't get this angry you're too young to get this angry this is not how you express yourself when you get angry no it is so it's almost equivalent to i'm gonna just put you in a padded room and let you hug yourself for five minutes you go and do whatever it is you do or or like how you can go to an area and when you're upset you're allowed to break things for a certain amount of time so you go and you do that for five minutes and then when we feel like you've got it out your system when you feel like you've got it out your system now you can come around everybody else and hope it's out your system no there's been no type of of you learning anything and how are you bargaining with someone you have to look down to as a teacher i thought that these are especially at that age and stage in their life that you should be teaching them these things okay well you're getting upset is this worth you getting upset well this is how you handle your anger so it's not like you just don't want any you don't want to have to deal with them at all so you'll just take them somewhere else and let them do what they do and then it's like okay well six minutes almost like a timeout but during this timeout you get to say and do whatever and then now you bring them back. They they just feel that, that child and all the other children as well. Because the other children are picking up on that too. You're thinking it's secluded. It ain't all that secluded. Mm. Well, I was just getting ready to ask, Vivian, please call in. And when I look down, whose number popped up but Vivian's? Pastor Kale, I'm going to grab Vivian because I have her for a limited amount of time, if you don't mind, because she's hanging with the little people every day. So let's see what she's got to say. Ah, uh, good morning, Viv. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, girl. Good morning. I was about to say, Vivian, if you're listening, please call in. So you read my mind. What you got to say about this little Tina? So I don't really have much to say about little Tina. It's more about the sister because this is exactly how they teach you to handle things like this. Because nowadays, it, the things that the children do is not a behavioral issue. Everything is special needs. Everything is uh, something that they can't control and things like that. It's never because they're just misbehaving anymore. Because I had a kid who, when he got angry, he wanted to punch and hit teachers and peers. And their suggestion was to take him to the mat room and let him punch and kick the mat. Like, that was mm. helpful. So now he wow. started to do this in order to go to the mat room. Mm. He would pretend to be angry, or he would hit a friend, or he would hit a teacher, and they would take him to the mat room where he could punch and kick a mat and try to try to get him to come back to class because nine times out of ten, once he got in that mat room, he did not want to come back to class. Mm. So this is exactly how they teach you to handle these kids now. Oh, she's cursing, wow. just ignore it, Let take her away from the, the other kids in hopes that they don't pick it up so she can get it out of her system. But now the other kids are seeing that, oh, when little Tina starts doing this, she gets to go to the bathroom and, and, and curse. So now they'll start doing it so that they can go to the bathroom and start cursing. Mm. This is exactly how they handle the children now. Wow. Wow. And I would have not guessed when I 
was going to ask you to call in, I was not thinking that that would have been the case. I, I didn't think that was, I would have never thought that that was the case, that, you know, you mm-hmm. would, th- this was the protocol. Well, I'm and thinking this, these suggestions the are coming from, these suggestions are coming from the professionals. Like if you have a therapist who goes to school for this, who has certificates and degrees in this, these are the suggestions you are getting from the professionals. Not necessarily, I mean, I don't know in this particular case, but it's not necessarily that this is something that the teacher came up with. But if you go to the professionals who are supposed to be educated in this field and ask them what to do in these cases, this is what they are giving you to do. We had a kid who got who had anger issues, and their suggestion to his one-on-one was to pick him up, and he was not a little boy. He was a big, fat <laughs> boy. And their suggestion was to pick him up in the midst of him wilding out and take him to the cozy cube and keep him in there when he starts acting this way. And we made him angrier. So you're wow. putting the therapist in danger. Like, these are the type of suggestions you get from the professionals. Wow, wow, wow. Well, girl, you didn't gave some insight that I really did not. I'm telling you, when I was going to, when I act, when I was going to ask you to call in, I'm thinking, because see, the way they tell it in the story, in the in the article, this was her particular remedy. And she had gotten permission from mom to do this. And this was not something like you said, you know, okay, well, you know, the, the higher-ups or, you know, those who studied this told us that this would be a way or the way. This No, this was a Pennsylvania uh, daycare teacher. Wow, wow, wow. Well, thank you for enlightening us. That's no interesting. Problem. Wow. Oh, have a blessed day if we don't get to talk thank to you again. Thank you, too. All right, thank you. Pastor KL, what are we talking about here? Well, in the words of Pastor Jeff, you already know how I feel about this. <laughs> 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 Listen, first of all, I don't blame the child. I don't blame the teacher. I blame the parent. Listen, I just heard heard um, Vivian says that they would do stuff like this to get it out of the system. Listen, if you ever called my father to school, whatever I was doing, it would have been out of my system. He would have got it out of my system real quick. We wouldn't have had to go to no bathrooms. We wouldn't have had to have no conversation. That point, that moment, it would, would have been out of my system. Now, listen, I, this is what I'll tell you, that I am past 50, so closer to 100, and I have never cussed in front of my parents. Never. It's just a, it's just a different kind of respect. I've never done that. So obviously this child, this is part of his language at home, and everybody's laughing and thinking it's cute. So when your parent partners up with you and say, hey, Okay, if this is what you need to do, what your parent is saying, I don't feel like coming to school. So whatever you got to do to keep them quiet or just to keep them in school, because they can't come home for them eight hours, 
do what you need to do. That is not parenting anymore. So I don't blame the child because the child had to learn this from someone. When you say, say hi, say bye, you know, you had to teach this. So now when you're saying bees and all this other stuff, you had to learn this. This is not something you were born this kind of language. So I blame, I blame the, the, the parent because you don't want to deal with it and you want the teacher to deal with it. And any way the teacher can deal with it is all right with you as long as I ain't got to come get them. Wow. Let's see. We got to. All right. <laughs> I got a comment. There is a recreational place where you can go into a room and throw an axe or a couple of axes. Wow. Should we now take little Tina there so she can get the anger off her chest? Then you hear, oops, the axe slipped. Yeah. Well, thank you for that comment, listener, and Vivian Shanties and Pastor KL. Here's what the responses were. Here's what some of the comments were to watching the TikTok. Hmm. Me in the bathroom at work multiple times a day, and I work in a daycare. <laughs> that was one person's comment. Another person wrote, Fast forward 15 years, and she's still going to be doing this in the bathroom at work. Then you have another comment, she really needed this. And then you have another comment, she needed to release this. Daycare buds getting on her nerves. Ha, ha, ha. Ah, somebody else wrote, uh... No, that was what the teacher wrote. So the the comment of the listener kind of falls in line with what what some of the people said. You know, this is this is what later on this is what she's going to be doing. Well, Vivian's still on. Vivian, do you think later on this is what she's going to be doing still? Absolutely, because you're not teaching her the tools to, like Shanti said, you're not teaching her the tools to deal with her anger. So now this is what you're teaching her. It's like, okay, when you get upset, it's okay to get this upset. Just go over to the corner and, you know, scream and shout and curse. This is what she's learning. This is what you're teaching her. There's no way that she cannot do this when she gets older. All righty. Shanti's. Uh, you've already said it, like Vivian said. Why do you think this is a uh, the common thought for the viewers on TikTok? Because, listen, I have made it very vocal that a lot of times I don't feel like I'm being taken seriously or I feel like I feel better until I get a few cuss words out. So now, if I'm learning this in daycare, how do you think my vocabulary is just going to easily be able to transition as I get older? It's only going to intensify. I'm only going to learn new curse words, invent new curse words, because this is what I've grown to learn how, you know, how to, to cope and deal with my feelings, how to express myself. So now I'm just going to, oh, well, I'm 21. Let me now change my verbiage. No, it doesn't work like that. And, and again, Going back to the balance, see, stuff like that is what you do when you get older because you're learning that you can't curse in public, that you can't just 
you know, just be outraged in front of people. So as an adult, you seclude yourself. But that's because you already learned the consequences of doing that around other people. So, no, it's going to backfire on everyone that she is around as she gets older. And her parents Mm -hmm. are going to be the first ones to be embarrassed. And real okay, quick, if okay. I could add, Rosa, uh-huh. they're reinforcing it because they're giving her attention and they're making it funny to her. Which are, are you done? Did you get it all out of your system? If you took her in there and you ignored her and she wasn't getting the attention, maybe she would maybe she would change her ways because kids love attention. But you're reinforcing it because you're playing around with it when you're asking her these questions, even after she left the bathroom and returned to the other children. Did you get it all out of your system? You're reinforcing it. All right. All righty. Pastor KL, this is what the TikTokers said when they watched it. Mm. Are they thinking well, right? You know, we, we, yeah, because we, we often say that, that negative attention is better than no attention at all. You know, and, and then mm-hmm. just, just to say this, as, as I get older, you know, there, there are some curse words that just makes it more potent, you know, when you say it in a sentence. You know, now, now, now this child is saying cuss words, but she ain't, she don't really know what she's saying. And as you get older and more upset, you find the right words to say in the right sentences with the right commas and the right period. So it just gets worse as your vocabulary grows. You know, and because I only get attention... When I'm cussing, because you don't know what's happening at the house, is the mama putting her in the bathroom? Or is the mama just laughing? Or is the mama screaming, you know, don't do this, don't do that, don't say this, don't say that. And then once she's not saying it, the mama's on, is on TikTok or the mama's on Facebook or the mama's doing something else with her girlfriend and not paying no attention to the child. So now the child has to cuss to get some kind of attention. So we are fueling the fire. Mm, all righty. Good stuff, good stuff. Ooh, we got to shift gears, so I'm going to hold my thoughts and comments until the closing. But I want to say thank you to the Due Time crew for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray you have a blessed day. You as well. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. All righty. It's the top of the hour uh, on a Thursday, and we've got Pray For Them. What you got for us today, Shanties? This week on Pray For Them, we are praying for CNN anchor Sarah Sidner. I'm not one who really watches a lot of, like, news correspondence and all of that, but she is a very well-known, very popular anchor on CNN. And earlier last month, the top of January, she did publicly make an announcement. I'm going to read a quick sum of it. Quote, just take a second to recall the names of eight women who you love and know in your life. Just eight. Count them on your fingers. Statistically, one of them will get or have breast cancer. I am that one in eight in my friend group. So she publicly made this announcement while she was on air. And I did watch the video of her making the announcement. And you could tell that it took 
a lot of her, you know, meditating on the fact that she was going to do this. I mean, she had to come to terms with the diagnosis herself before she let everyone know. But to my understanding from what I was reading, she currently is undergoing treatment, so she is not on air right now, which I think may be good for her. You know, everyone can handle everything at the same time, you know, coming to terms with this diagnosis, plus undergoing treatment, plus not only still working, but you're in the public eye. Um, and, you know, you have to be attentive to the stories that you're given and, you know, from my understanding, this is a journalist, very different from a media personality, because as a journalist, you're doing a lot of the content creating. You have a lot of responsibility with um, gathering the information for the stories and conducting the interviews, so on and so forth. So definitely want to lift Miss Sarah Sittner up in prayer, asking God to cover her body, um, asking God to be with her husband, be with her family praying that they are a great support system to her, praying that if God still has it for her to keep this position, keep this job, that the decision makers of the CNN network, that they would, you know, have fun in their hearts to hold her position for her, to support her also, um, praying for her fans, because of course, as we know, people are fickle. So, you know, you're here right now, you're able to do what we love, to see you do and then when something happens now it's like okay forget about you and we're on to the next person So praying that she gets support from her fan base and her co-workers you know as well um thanking god for her courage you know because she is i believe her father is african-american and her mother is british but there was some statements made in this article that um African-American women are more likely to be diagnosed with this and to suffer a lot from it, mainly because as African-American women, we don't tend to get screened for breast cancer as often as we should. And then when we do get diagnosed with it, African-American women are found to start treatment a lot later than what they should versus Caucasian women. So he's praying that she also has the courage to start her treatment Praying that the treatment goes accordingly, that it will heal her body the way, you know, God says and the timing that he says. And just really lifting this up because this is something that, you know, unfortunately a lot of women go through and they don't always have the ability to really face it the way that they should. All righty. What's her, say her last name again for me, please. Sidner. Okay, I thought that's what you were saying. Sarah Sidner. Yeah. Okay, thank you. All righty. Let's see. Okay, let's go before the Lord. Ah, dear Heavenly Father, Mm, our guardian, our protector, our comforter, Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for waking us up today and, and even giving us an opportunity, giving us an opportunity to hear from you today. We're grateful, dear Heavenly Father, for this. Pray for them as we lift up Sarah Sidna to you today, dear Heavenly Father. This is your child, and you know her plight. You know her illness. 
you know the stage of this cancer. You know whether uh, she will be healed completely. You know the beginning, the middle, and you know the end. You are the beginning, the middle, and the end, God. And we humbly lift her before you today, dear Heavenly Father, as we salute her for her being brave enough to even speak about it openly because awareness is the key. Awareness is the cure. Us reaching out and helping one another is something that you want us to do. And we are so grateful that even during this time of um, suffering, even during this time of acceptance, even during this time of acknowledgement, we don't know if she's, you know, a child of you who's... uh, Her life is hidden in you. But whether she is or whether she isn't, dear Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for her just stepping forward and and being courageous enough to even discuss her condition in front of everybody. And we ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to cure her, heal her according to your will, dear Heavenly Father. There are people who have been, as far as stage four, when they found out, and you've turned it all around. So it ain't over till you say it's over. We ask you, God, that you help her mentally, emotionally, physically, and most importantly, spiritually, dear Heavenly Father, that this is a blow. This is a blow from for anyone, dear Heavenly Father, and as she's you know, coming from um, uh, an angle of, you know, she is in a group that is diagnosed um, late. Uh, We don't get the care sometimes. We don't follow up and follow through the way others do. God, we ask that she would be the exception to the rule that she would be aggressive Mm -hmm. in pursuing um, all of her treatment, doing exactly what she needs to do, God. But as she's pursuing her treatment, we ask you, God, to help her to pursue you, that she would turn her Mm -hmm. life over to you. And even if she said yes to your will and yes to your way already, God, that she would surrender even more. There's always more that we have to give to you. There's always a level um, that we can go deeper in you, God. Your son was sent and died for such a time as this, that he was sent to heal all of our wounds, dear Heavenly Father. And as they're treating her or about to treat her, dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to just send the very best, that there would be no guinea pigs, for them, that there would be no, you know, exploring, but they would be able to target exactly what she needs, exactly how it needs to be addressed to Heavenly Father, that all the machinery would be operating in its fullest capacity that she would uh, be attached to, that every doctor, nurse, and 
caregiver, the Heavenly Father, would just be on their A-game for her, the Heavenly Father, that she would get the best coverage, that she has mm-hmm. the best medical coverage, God, that there won't be a concern of money or care. And we're thanking you, God, for everything you've already done in this manner. Mm-hmm. And for this matter, dear Heavenly Father, we love you, God, because we know you've got all the answers. There's no confusion. There's no question. There's no scratching your head. You know exactly what it is you want to do, God. And, Lord, we ask that you just help her family get through this with her, God, that they would come to her aid. Um, as as much as they could, God, that there would be no uh, fear in them, that they would pass on to her, dear Heavenly Father, that anyone that knows you would help to introduce her to you in a special way, that this would be her moment of really mm-hmm. acknowledging the greatest healer of all, that her mm-hmm. doctors mm-hmm. would be nothing without you. That medicine would be nothing without you, God. Let her turn down nothing that you have for her today. That anything that's presented to her is designed for her and with her in mind. But all of it coming under your guidance. We ask you to bless everyone around her. That they would be able to act in the fullest capacity that they could that no one would be sleeping on the job right now and that she would be able to resume uh, her regular activities as you see fit, that that she would look to understand your will for her life. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to be able to pray for Ms. Sarah Sidna, and we ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to even uh, bless her co-workers that this would encourage them and give them strength. And at the end of the day, let you shine through all of this. In the name of Jesus, we ask you to just touch us, that we would be uh, compassionate, that we would be sympathetic and empathetic to Heavenly Father as to what she and other people who are going through what she's going through and we're just grateful to know you, that we, we have mm-hmm. someone to lean on and depend on. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Shanti. Amen. We pray you have a blessed day. Thank you, you too. Thank you. Ah, well, you know, I think it was Robin Roberts who... Uh, was the one who um, also had cancer at one point, and she's she looks great. She looks great. I think she's the one who was the, another correspondent who was really ill at one point, and boy, look where God has brought her to. Uh, let's talk about little Tina, who uh, when she gets upset, she is led to the bathroom to let out all of her anger and frustration and cuss words and, you know, 
shield the other children from uh, uh, little Sarah's behavior. Well, I'm looking at the comments of of those who watched the video, and you know, a few of them said, "This is me now." And I don't know if they went through this when they were little teens, Tina's age, but they're going through it now. And we're watching little Tina go through this. And as as the ladies have said, that oh, you better believe that this is the makings of. <laughs> this is truly the makings of. This is teaching her, as they said, I agree 100%, this is teaching her that this is the way you handle things, that this is the attention that she's able to get while she acts like this, that the teacher said, you know, that she came up with this remedy and she's got approval from mom and this is a major problem because I agree with Pastor KL. This all starts at home. See, there is no way you're going to come and tell me that my four-year-old is cussing in the classroom and I take her to the, or my suggestion is to take her to the bathroom so she can let all of this out and then when she finishes, she comes out. This is happening at home. This is already, where do you think she learning the cuss words from? Whether it's what Pastor K.L. said, that she knows what she said, or she doesn't know what she said. She knows they cuss words. She knows that these are the words that you say when you get angry and frustrated. So even if she doesn't know how to quite use them in the proper context, if you will, she knows that this is what you do when you get angry. So at home... This is clearly what's happening because oh, she's watching it on TV because how would a four-year-old know that this is what you do? And this is her common practice, that she would burst out in front of the other children so often that you would have to tell her, let's go in the bathroom. And you are bargaining and negotiating with a four-year-old. Now, I'm going to take you in the bathroom, and you can say everything you want to say, and opposed to teaching her, like has been said, teaching her, okay, so when you get angry, this is what you do, or when you get frustrated, this is what you do. Because in the grand scheme of things, I'm sorry, a four-year-old, is what you angry about? you only four. What, the bills ain't paid? The food ain't cooked right. Help me. Help me help you. Why are we so angry at four that you feel like you need to get all of this off your chest? What does that mean at four? We talked about this when it was the 11-year-old. What does it mean at four to get this off your chest, to let this out? Opposed to teaching, okay, when, when something makes you feel like this or when you feel like this at this point, here's what we do. Here's what we don't do. I'm going to teach you that it's fine. It's a game to go anywhere, to separate yourself so you can go and cuss 
and the feedback is this is me or or fast forward 15 years from now she'll still be going in the bathroom you're right because no one ever taught her how to handle her anger now if that's what you want to call it but see we're not we're not looking at something else when we say this what happens when that same frustration and anger that she's feeling leads her to want to physically act out. What happens when those feelings make you want to create a bomb and blow somebody up or shoot up the school? Or That's what these other kids, that's what they were talking about. They were angry. The, the ones who, who killed family members first and then went to the school and killed what happens you don't think all of this was going on when they were four but because no one paid attention because no one took the time to focus on helping them teaching them how to do this how to function how to respond how to react not only that but to teach you what you really need to be upset over because I'm going to tell you something. As a pastor, I got to talk about this to grown people. You really letting something like this get you upset? You really letting something like this alter your world? No. This is what happens when it's untreated, when it's not dealt with. That you have to try to teach people anger management. This is crazy. And just like the the, the, the the comment came in, there are rooms where you have an axe. Are you serious? This is something that we have created for such a time as this. <laughs> but it's just like we talked about before. There are places, I think Shanti's brought it up, there are places where you go and you break dishes. Or you go and you beat your head up against a wall. And I just read that one. Where there's a place where you go and, and, and you, you know, hit your head up against the wall. And you throw yourself up against the wall. And all kind of things to get your anger out. Boy, are we doing these children a disservice. What happened to old-fashioned helping I mean, really helping. This also happens when you don't know how to pray for your children. When God is nowhere in the equation, so you have no pastor to take your children to, you have no pastor to talk to your children, you have no Bible verses that you can show your children. This is all what happens when there's no God in the equation. And we don't think we need Jesus. We need God everywhere we turn. And this is showing us that earlier and earlier we need a Savior. That we need God earlier and earlier and earlier in our life. Because our parents are no good for us a lot of times. I keep telling y'all, y'all, you know, people worry about the coaches, the teachers, the, the pedophiles. They ain't even got out the house. And already their lives are being destroyed. We just got finished talking about 
the, 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 the couple who threw the children out the window, not because they were misbehaving, not because they had been doing anything wrong, not because they really got on their nerves. No. But because they wanted new ones. They wanted new kids. They wanted different kids. They wanted kids of their own. So the children couldn't have been taken care of. Well, neither was Lil Tina. Nobody took care of Lil Tina. They laughed it off. They joked it off like, you know, it has been said. And, you know, all of this is amusing. All of this is amusing. Boy, the Bible tells us to train up a child in the way they should go. Train them up in the way they should go. Well, we know they're not following this now in this particular instance. Let's learn our lesson from what we hear and we see. You know, I said a while ago, we we always got lessons to learn. We always got a lesson. Either I do this or I don't do that. Like I said, I I, I come from people who drank. And that, that right there, as I watched over the years, how destructive it was. How it it was like night and day. It taught me I ain't got no business drinking. If this can do this to me, no thanks. This is the way we need to learn. Is this how we're going to raise our children? Do you have a child that is unruly, a grandchild, a niece, a nephew, or, you know, someone in your care that's unruly and you don't know what to do? Take them to God. Get your life together and take them to God. Because we've got to fix our own life up. We've got to fix our own life up. You know, years ago, I'm going to say this before I close. Years ago, you know, you always, you wrapped up the kids in the neighborhood, your nieces, your nephews, your grandchildren, and you took them to church. And there was some reinforcement. Now, what do you have? You wrap these kids up, you take them to church, and you send them back into these dysfunctional homes. So when we bring our, these children to church, we don't really have to pray. We're going to have to pray for their homes, pray for their parents, pray for their guardians, because we, we, we can't undo what they're living in. And this is the norm. This is the norm for little Tina to, to burst out and curse, and this is the way she handles when she's upset. we got to do it the Lord's way. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us and helping us do what we do. Uh, Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now. Later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares. Where's Freestyle Friday? Until then, I love you.